we all want all of the debt to be canceled. Duh. Yeah, of course. What is going to most, what is the most likely path to get us there? And it's I, not Joe Biden, hold obviously. On. Hold on. By the way, this little moment right here, if all of y'all don't do IRL hangouts with other kind of organizations, lefties, sometimes even libs, but whatever, but if you're in a room full of politicians, this is that somber sadness that you get to as a leftist all the time, where you're in a room full of people and you're arguing with people and you all want the same thing. All of you are like, but we all want student debt eliminated, right? Like post-secondary education should be free for everybody like they do in Scandinavia. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks. What happened recently? Cornell West basically got completely uh, and utterly uh, up in Jimmy Dore's face, and it was glorious. And uh, for the longest time, I've never understood why anyone would give Jimmy Dore the time of day. The guy is just a fucking massive piece of shit, uh, a grifter of the highest order, and uh, called him out for his grifting to his face. And, oh, man, it was just mwah, chef's kiss to, to finally have someone say to him, how in the world, like, it's so privileged to be like the, the greatest crisis of our time was COVID lockdowns of all the things that it's like one of the whitest statements I've ever heard in my life. It's just like, of all the things that are happening around the world right now, the biggest one, the biggest crisis is the apartheid created by vaccine. Like, no, dude, there's so many other things. I love how Cornell out of nowhere was just like, uh, and by the way, uh, what about the suffering of Palestinians? You know, <laughs> like, I, I think there is worse things than you not being able to get uh, a fucking double-decker pizza on demand inside a restaurant at any given time because you have chosen, chosen, by the way, you chose not to want to be vaccinated either for your own health or for the greater good. Ironically, he was vaccinated once, by the way, but he stopped because it made his arms sore. And he was like, oh, this is because vaccines turn you into goo. I was almost gooed, you see. Had an interesting and the reason I'm bringing that up is because uh, there was, just very recently, a debate uh, between uh, Slim Shady uh, and Crystal and uh, Brianna Joy Gray on uh, Biden and whether or not one should hope for Biden or Trump to win a presidency if you are a leftist. Back or anything, but I just don't want people to think we're debating Cornell West, but like Crystal and Kyle are refusing to talk to Cornell West. We'd love to talk to Cornell West. We want to have him, you know, we'd love to have him on at any point in time to discuss anything and everything. Um, so we're going to discuss his campaign a little bit here. And so I want to lay out what my position is, and then Brie, I'll turn it over to you and you can respond to it. And Crystal, right. you can jump in at some point and tell, say what your position is. <laughs> we'll go is. through all the things. <laughs> we'll, we'll go through all the things. So uh, here's my, first of all, in the pr Democratic primary, because I'm a registered Democrat in New York, I will be voting for Marianne Williamson. Very happy and proud to say that. I'm one of the, I'm the chief Marianne Williamson bro out there. <laughs> I'm leading the charge. Um, now, in New York, I'm in a safe state. So would I vote for Corn Cornell West in New York? Yes, because I have a 95% agreement with him on policy, and I think it would be nice to get the Green Party in a position where if they become more viable because we get ranked choice voting or something, it'd be nice to grow their popularity a little bit. And when we get ranked choice voting, I think they kind of automatically become a lot more viable. So I'd like to help out in that process. But we're, when, if I'm in a swing state and it's Biden versus Trump, I'm at the point now where I don't even think it's a tough call. I would definitely vote for Biden because... Either in flex, that situation, right? even if other people are running, either the Democrat or the Republican is going to win. And in my estimation, Biden has definitely passed what I would describe as my bare minimum purity test. And I think if it's him or Trump or even him or DeSantis or anybody, he just blows them out of the water. And so I think I'd happily vote for Biden in that instance. Your response. So I similarly was voting for Jill Stein in New York in 2016. I did the same. Um and I also happen to believe that strategically it makes the most sense to apply pressure to the Democratic Party by voting for not Biden in a primary. 
Marianne Williamson is obviously the most progressive candidate in the primary, and then vote for Cornell West in the general. And I know there are a lot of people in my audience who are frustrated by that plan because they think that it takes something away from Cornell West's run or it affirms the Democratic Party in some way to vote for Marianne Williamson running as a Democrat. I don't feel that way. I feel it's a little hypocritical to have that position, given that we all just enthusiastically voted for Bernie twice in the primary the last two rounds. Um, you can make a distinction saying that Bernie was an independent and he always identified as an independent and Marianne Williamson doesn't have that kind of cloak of distance from the Democratic Party. You can say what you want. I don't I don't see those things as mutually exclusive in the least. So that is also my plan. I differ from you only insofar as that I would say it's diff it's a more difficult choice in a swing state to decide mm -hmm. what you're going to do. But I frankly respect people who feel comfortable. It has not been something that I have to contend with, but I respect people who feel comfortable voting third party even in swing states. And the reason is this, and it goes back to that early bad faith viral Noam Chomsky interview in which I asked him about a month before the 2020 race. Look, I said, I take your point. Let's say Trump is an existential threat. Let's say that he's a unique threat among all Republican candidates. My concern is that every year, because we all vote for blue no matter who, because most Democrats vote blue no matter who, or most left-leaning people do, the message that gets sent out is that Democrats don't have a bar. You can go as low as you want, as close to the Democratic Party, as you, uh, Republican Party as you want, and there's a ratchet to the, to the right effect. And Republicans know that they can keep being more and more extreme. And so I want you to explain to me what you predict to be the stopping point at which we're no longer be, we're no longer saying this new Republican is the worst that ever, has ever happened. This new Republican is the worst that has ever happened. Tell me you're not going to be saying the same thing about Ron DeSantis or Vivek Ramaswamy or whatever other person comes down the pike. And he was unable, in my subjective view, to respond credibly to that claim. So if somebody could, could tell me strategically what the stopping point is going to be of making this argument of the lesser of two evils, I would be open to the idea that, okay, this is the last one. Donald Trump, fine. He, he tried to steal the election, fine. That's, that, is a, that is a new line that he has crossed. But absent an acknowledgement that we are creating our own destiny by lowering the bar in these ways, I'm not comfortable coming out and criticizing anybody who no longer wants to be complicit in that kind of a system that's enabled the Democratic Party to not have a primary, treat Marianne Williamson as bad as, badly as they've treated her, mm -hmm. treat Bernie Sanders as badly as they treated him, and openly come out and say, and say they don't have to hold a, a free, fair election. The DNC argued that in court, you know? So my first part there would be, wouldn't that be something for Bernie Sanders, of all people, to be exceptionally hurt by and to turn into a cause du jour and not people who are supporting Bernie Sanders directly? Because if Bernie Sanders is like, yeah, it fucking sucks. I was pretty close. And then the entire corporate mechanism of the Democrats turned against me. Yeah, that's fucking brutal. I still want to do my best to be able to serve the people in what little power I have. You know what? Being the oldest person here, I could become the chairman. Uh, maybe uh, I'll, I'll go down that venue. Right. Next. Let me explain a little bit of my position. I think that'll help respond to some of what you said there. Um, and I'm also curious to dig in a little bit more to your analysis of how the Biden administration has actually been in reality. So last election in 2020, I did live in a swing state. I lived in Virginia, still live in Virginia, registered in Virginia. And it did not feel good to vote for Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. But I decided to vote for Joe Biden, which is something I said publicly at the time. But I said something very similar to you, which is like, listen, this was not easy for me. If you, wherever you live, swing state, not swing state, et cetera, 
You do whatever you analyze is the right thing to do. And the reason that I voted for him primarily at that time, even though I thought he had an atrocious record in the Senate, even though, you know, complicit in the Iraq war, complicit in bad trade deals, complicit, you know, like terrible things on crime, all that stuff, right? The primary reason I voted for him was because of the National Labor Relations Board and because labor politics and building out union power in this country, to me, is one of the most important goals and something that I think we all share and leftists generally believe. Now, in retrospect, not only do I feel good about that vote, he's actually surprised me. Now, I've got all kinds of issues, right? On the National Labor Relations Board, though, specifically, they just issued a ruling which could be a complete game changer for unions. And just to explain to people a little bit, basically, in the past, bosses could union bust with impunity, no accountability. Now, the process going forward is completely changed. If bosses are caught union busting, then that's it. There's no more election. It's canceled. Mm -hmm. They have to recognize the union and start bargaining with them. That's the biggest shift in labor relations we've had in our lifetime. So that's why at this point, I'm not only, you know, it's likely to, I'm a Marianne supporter as well, but we can all see the most likely outcome is it's going to be Trump versus Biden. Not only would I say that protecting the Biden National Labor Relations Board is important enough for me to vote for Joe Biden, but it is important enough that I would actively encourage, but I'm not going to shame them for whatever they decide to do, but I would actively encourage people who are in a swing state to vote for Joe Biden, if for no other reason than to protect that board. So I think that's a perfectly defensible position. And I had this conversation on my podcast in the last episode, and there were people who would characterize that position as, I mean, you've heard the thing, you've been on the internet, uh, you know, being too credulous about Biden or, you know, being too comfortable in one's own position in life and not needing enough change and being happy with the status quo. People will say things like that. I think, that, I think actually that if your priority, if you're, if you believe the path to meaningful change is going to primarily come through a kind of, I don't say this dismissively, but a kind of labor incrementalism, meaning there are meaningful labor gains that happen, but are not the type of which would radically transform the system the way that some people want to happen in a shorter term. And the way that some people might argue Bernie Sanders represented his movement as as the goal of being, mm -hmm. then that's a defensible position. But I also, I have to hold space for the reality that there are people for whom, even as significant as those labor gains are, it's simply insufficient. And what they see when they look at the trajectory of the last cool, cool 50, 60 years of Democratic Party politics, when they look, when they read Listen Liberal and, and see the longer game the Democratic Party making a concerted choice to back away from labor in a way that has gone on for decades and isn't necessarily turning around as a consequence of Joe Biden having some good NLRB appointments. And so, so let me actually, ahead, let respond, me actually, and then I want to jump into it. So sometime. number one, I don't think that in like massively increasing union density, I actually don't see that as incremental change. I mean, if you look at the chart of the decline in the middle class and the decline of union density, no, I, you'd be hard pressed to find I, I a more significant Crystal. factor. I, I've, but I made these arguments as well. But the other piece is, I feel like those same people who are right about the Democratic Party. They were right, you know, right about the analysis in Listen Liberal, right about the fact that you had, you know, this free trade bipartisan consensus and in large part a union busting bipartisan consensus. Also don't acknowledge that there actually has been 
a notable shift in the Biden administration. Now, my big issue with the Biden administration, I mean, there's a million of them, right? On foreign policy, I've got problems. But my biggest issue economically with the Biden administration is the way they've allowed the pandemic relief, the short-term pandemic mm -hmm. relief programs to fall away and leave a lot of ordinary Americans more in a more precarious financial position now than they were at the beginning mm -hmm. of the administration. And that's not nothing. But when I look at the long term, when I look at the fact that, listen, with the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, with the CHIPS Act, with infrastructure investment, you're talking about industrial policy in a way that would have been completely unheard of in the Clinton-Obama era. When you look at not just the NLRB, which I said is like the core for me, but also his antitrust appointments and the fact they're really trying to reverse decades of neoliberal attack on any sort of trust busting. I feel like none of those improvements that have made Biden on the, that front way better than Obama, way better than Clinton. I just feel like there's no willingness to acknowledge any of that whatsoever. I don't think the issue is acknowledging it. It's how much it matters to you, how weighty that is to you, and how much you see those kind of meaningful, fine, call them meaningful improvements as really core to the, the nature of the project that you're on. And I think that what some people are frustrated by is that this went from feeling like, in both left media and left politics, a bigger revolutionary project that was going to the core of our capitalist system and wanting to radically change the way that human lives are valued, what we consider to be the nature of our social safety net, what we believe to be the nature of what we consider to be human rights. And they wanted to join a movement that validated what many of us felt intrinsically, emotionally for most of our lives, that something in the milk very much wasn't clean. And Bernie came along and articulated that we were it was legitimate for us to be asking for something more. Mm -hmm. And so at this point, it does feel as though there has been a kind of a bait and switch. It's not that what you're describing isn't true or legitimate. And I said this on my, my podcast. If your priorities are what you have kind of articulated your priorities as being, I think it's a perfectly legitimate argument. But I have to hold space for the fact that for many people, it simply is inadequate. Wait, but let me, can I respond? Yeah, let go me, ahead. Let me jump in here. So my issue is that many people on the left are, I would say, dishonestly refusing to acknowledge any good things that were done. We could all on the left list, like, here's the 57 things we hate that Biden did. But when something good happens, I'm the only one talking about it. And then I get accused of being a DNC shill. Now, well, look, I, I'm not I'm not like, <laughs> look, I'm not blind. I think in order to be intellectually honest, you have to look at here's the good things that happen. Here's the bad thing that happened. I'm going to give them all to you. And then you could judge how much you value each and which one you weigh more and how that factors into your like voting analysis. I honestly, I feel like that's kind of new though, right? Because Kyle was one of the people who was definitely kind of like, I refuse to vote for Joe Biden. Joe Biden is part of the corporate duopoly, the neoliberal establishment. We have to find a third party, that kind of stuff like that in the last election cycle was what he was talking about a lot. I think it's a lot, it's a lot newer if he's like, well, we on the left also have to acknowledge some of the victories that we've gotten as a result. But I was like the poster boy back in the day, or people viewed me this way, as like, he's the purity tester. He's like the main purity tester guy. And I didn't vote for Biden in 2020 because I didn't think he would pass my purity test. Now, at the time, people could go back and watch the video. My purity test was super fucking lenient. It was like, if, if I'm convinced you're going to do like two or three of the things that I value highly, then I would vote for you. Because I know it's basically down to just the Democrat and the Republican, no matter how much we want to wish the Green Party or Libertarians want to wish the Libertarian Party into existence. And so when I look at the record, again, I can list all the bad things. But she just mentioned the NLRB. 
raising overtime pay or you mentioned the thing where you know they automatically recognize i know more unemployed people in my everyday life than i have at any point in time same yeah a lot of friends are having a lot of trouble trying to find new jobs or better jobs or even jobs that they prefer uh, and are getting stuck in the same ones for longer periods of time because they're just worried about losing any kind of financial security as a result the yeah. union if the bosses yeah. try to bust it up there's also the overtime pay rule where now it's not thirty three thousand dollars it's about fifty five thousand dollars a year where now you get uh, overtime pay that's a huge huge change student loan debt reduction and even biden even coming back after the supreme court tried to slap it down and he said no i'm going to try to do it through the higher education act now there's little things we could go after him. Oh, the interest rate. Yes, that's bad. I agree with you on that. But we got to recognize that that is, all things considered, a step in the right direction. Pulling out of Afghanistan, he actually had the balls to do it, even when the media was shitting on him relentlessly. And I didn't see anybody on the left coming into his, his defense at that well, point. I saw time. a lot of people of the I was like the, the only fucking one. It was like me and Matt. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 dis I disagree strongly. Okay, well, <laughs> then it's like three people. I didn't, and all these, oh, I'm so anti-war, anti-war. He pulls out of Afghanistan and it gets, it gets messy because that's what happens when you pull out of wars. And all of a sudden, oh my God, you know, it's the, I thought that the end of the world. a good moment for the left. I saw a lot of consensus Good, good on you because we were we almost resented and kind of were enjoying the extent to which he was getting, you know, dogpiled by the mainstream media, and we were the only ones defending him. So I, I would quibble with that a little bit. I but didn't I think, see much defending him. I Kyle, really didn't. Kyle, what people are responding to, if I if I can offer this, is not the idea that you are accurately describing advancements, good things that Joe Biden is doing. I think you could also say Obama did some good things. No, you know? Biden is way better than Obama, that, not even that, close. That's not the point I'm making. Okay. It's not that one is better than the other. You could also sit here and say Obama did good things. Now, the way you bristled at me saying that, I could say, oh, why won't you just acknowledge that Obama did good things? The same way that you're saying that leftists won't acknowledge, they bristle when you acknowledge that Biden did good things. And it's because we have different standards and we're making different kinds of comparisons. But that's not my issue because they're not even acknowledging the good things but, is my point. But, I have but, a list of 47 things here and I've heard nobody talk about any of them. But, but, let me let me get to the core of this point. The reason that people are frustrated with that kind of analysis is because it's been used for so long by liberals to justify why people shouldn't be asking for more. I'm not saying that that's what you're doing. But if you bring up something like student debt, when the consensus of all of the student debt experts that I've talked to on my podcast, people from the Debt Collective, the Asher Taylors of the world, the legal experts I've brought on, is that there was a path toward doing them. W. Val says, I'm doing grassworks works in Virginia and Crystal's right. You could risk losing Virginia by voting third party. It's not solidly blue and has a cunning Republican governor waiting to repeal abortion rights. Yes, to canceling all student debt that would not have been stymied by the Supreme Court. The same authority that... Donald Trump used to enact the student debt moratorium, which has been ongoing until beginning of this month for the last three years, was the same uh, authority that he could have canceled all student debt with a stroke of a pen. He chose not to do that because he decided to means test the program. He circulated those documents. I got one in my inbox last August, I believe it was, to see if you qualify for student debt. It was a very easy form. But when he did that, that started the clock for people to be able to challenge it in court, which what six states did, two of them were successful, and now here we are today. Not only did he decline to do the unstoppable mechanism to actually cancel all student debt, he additionally chose to use a legal authority, which when many legal experts said was the most vulnerable one. So you're now saying, no, 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 well, no, he no. could have used the Higher Education Act. He did. He no, have, he did. He, he could have. He could have done that in the first instance. But he Some didn't. People... And now he tried it again through the Higher Education okay, Act. The but... idea that it's like it's a conspiracy. He doesn't want to actually cancel it. No, he he appealed the case like four or five times. Kyle, and then at the end of it, when the Supreme Court said, no, you can't do that. He said, fuck you, I can. And he did the Higher Education Act. That's Kyle, exactly what we wanted him to do. Then he does it and people go, oh, that's not good enough. But, but, and it's like. 
that's, right, that's ridiculous. Right there, Kyle, what we wanted him to do was first and foremost, just cancel the student debt. No, no, no. Debt. I expected him to do nothing on student debt. This is the point I'm trying to get across to you is that right, I expected hold, nothing from Biden on, and he did way more than I expected. Let's be honest about that. It's not about your expectations. We have different expectations. Of course I'm going to talk about it through my expectations. I'm me. I want to pivot this conversation a little bit because what we really have is a tactical disagreement. We could quibble about student loan debt. We yeah. could quibble about all kinds of aspects of the Biden administration. All of us would like him to do more. There's no doubt about that. But our not, political, but hold on a second. Our political, quibble. our political aims are ultimately very similar. But I do think the student loan debt uh, example Pain is instructive because it shows what has been effective in terms of securing real gains versus what has been ineffective. Jill Stein running in 2016. I don't think she was a spoiler, but the Democratic Party thinks she was a spoiler. They put that out to the public. So in the theory of change where a third party would force all of this revolutionary change on the Democratic Party, that should have worked. But instead, it served to allow the Democratic Party to basically demonize and dismiss third party efforts. And then they prop up Joe Biden. So that definitely didn't work. However, the fact that Joe Biden had to be on a primary debate stage versus Bernie and Marianne and a whole lot of Elizabeth Warren, a whole lot of other people who were pushing him on student loan debt cancellation forced him into a position of doing something when he 100 percent would have done nothing otherwise. And we can see that now because, you know, the fact that they've basically like blocked any sort of real Democratic price process within the Democratic primary has made it possible for him to literally promise nothing for this next term thus far. So you can see how the third party effort was not successful in bringing about whatever revolutionary change people want to see. And the process that Bernie engaged in and that Marianne Williamson is engaging in now was far more effective in actually delivering results. And that's what I'm focused on. So first of all, you, I think, are both fundamentally, dramatically overestimating and overstating and giving way too much credit in the second that you can make your labor point, the student debt point, absolutely not. Joe Biden promised and coerced people to the polls by saying he was going to cancel at least $10,000 of everybody's student loan debt and moreover cancel all student loan debt for graduates of HBCUs. And he went down to Georgia, a state that he not only needed to win for the presidency, but needed to win for the Senate, and where there are three of the major HBCUs in the United States of America, made that promise and people knocked doors and turned people out to the polls on the basis of that promise, which he immediately stopped talking about the second he got elected and reneged upon. He also knew he knew the authority that he had to cancel all student debt. And I know because all of these student debt advocates have been talking about how they were directly liaising with this office and communicating these points. And they chose to ignore them and do a plan that he knew could be abstract. You can say it's, it's not a conspiracy theory. That's conspiratorial thinking. But he, he, it's either a conspiracy or he's an idiot. Those are the options. And I'm not especially comfortable in validating either of those things. Now, you, you were saying that you were looking through the prism of your own Perspective no, I was saying I expected nothing from him, like we all expected nothing from him. Absolutely not. The people that he promised. I expected nothing sorry, from him. <laughs> I expected nothing of Joe Biden. He was the guy who brought us NAFTA. He's the guy who brought us the Iraq War. He's the guy who wrote the Patriot Act. He wrote the when Crime Bill. I expected nothing of him. When a presidential candidate makes a promise to people and lies to them in order to get them to go to the polls, I believe that it's my job as a member of independent media to make it clear so that people don't fall for those kinds of mistakes going forward. 
people, if, if Biden wants to run as I'm a milk toast incrementalist who's just better than Trump, he can feel free to do that all day and night. And then he would have lived up to the expectations that he set for himself in the context he of a did primary run like campaign. That, he done, no, did run as a milk toast. He promised to cancel all student debt for every graduate of an HBCU and $10,000 to $20,000 of, of student debt for people who earn less than $125,000 a year. Now, that might not matter to you. And I, and I've defended, I defend... I defend you guys. I feel like Kyle's literally proving how low the bar is we give the Dems. I think you can do both. Like, I, I've tried saying this so many times, and maybe, like, it's because I'm a Canadian. I'm not even someone who gets the power to vote in this election whatsoever, but the world watches because, America, you control the world. Uh, it, it's one of those things where, like, people put so much stock in the presidential election in the United States and forego everything else i like i i'm i'm more akin to what uh crystal's talking about where she's like i really want to advocate for more stronger union power i think worker power as it builds in the united states coercively and if that can grow because right now it is at an all-time high in terms of personal popularity like it's never been more popular to start and or want to uh, you know begin a union in your workplace that is not translating directly into an explosion in the number of unionized workforces in America. But there are certain industries where they're making massive headways, such as like you can just see Starbucks. It's like every other fucking weekend, there's a new Starbucks or another Amazon, uh, you know, fucking warehouse trying to unionize against the fucking wishes of their obvious corporate overlords, all that kind of stuff. Those are legitimate real victories uh, for worker power on a regular basis. And they aren't celebrated as such. Less so than, like, you need to celebrate, hey, by the way, Biden isn't nearly as shit as everyone thought he was going to be, which is true. Which which is legitimately, as, as again, as an outsider looking in, uh, seeing the number of fucking international drone strikes fucking plummeting under Biden, uh, seeing an actual follow-through on, on, on the withdrawal from the Afghanistan occupation, things like that. Yeah, th those are things in which I'm like, okay, that is surprising. Uh, other things in which, like, hey, by the way, Biden did try to forgive student debt loans of to $10,000. It was then blocked by Republicans. It was then now it's in the matter of the courts, blah, blah, blah. They're going back and forth, right? It's like, yeah, at the end of the day, uh, maybe the bar is fucking, you know, sub-nothing for that. It just sucks because it's, it's a, a system of power, a structured one, that once you recognize how the entire thing is set up, unless you can effectively vote, both vote and pass for something like ranked choice uh, voting, for example, you're stuck in this corporate duopoly that everyone fucking hates, Republicans and Democrats alike. No one enjoys the fact that their decision-making usually boils down to one or two candidates that not every single person is that stoked on, but goddamn do they hate the other guy. That's the fucking, that's the, the, the song on repeat, right? Oh, God, I'm not even a huge Trump supporter, but can't have that Joe Brandon come to power. He's trying to give all our money to the commies. ...against claims that, you know, you don't care about this stuff because, you know, you're out of touch and it doesn't affect you in material. I think that some of those claims get really silly and overly personalized. But Biden made a choice to tell 44 million Americans who have student debt that he was not only going to not fulfill his promise to them, but that in the middle of the debt ceiling argument of a couple of months ago, the one thing that he was going to bargain away to get the debt ceiling passed was ending the student loan moratorium. So now it's not me. I'm not, I'm not the one in control of whoever votes. He has to make the case to those 44 million Americans who's, who's he's starting their student debt up. That's right, months is the plan election. stronger or weaker than what you expected? Because it's but, way stronger than what I expected. Hold on, hold on. Way weaker than what I expected. But, but well, the, I expected nothing is, from a month student the debt. Real, nothing. The real question, though, is we all want all of the debt to be canceled. Duh. Yeah, of course. What is going to most, what is the most likely path to get us there? 
and it's I, not Joe Biden, hold obviously. On. Hold on. By the way, this little moment right here, if all of y'all don't do IRL hangouts with other kind of organizations, lefties, sometimes even libs, but whatever, but if you're in a room full of politicians, this is that somber sadness that you get to as a leftist all the time, where you're in a room full of people and you're arguing with people and you all want the same thing. All of you are like, but we all want student debt eliminated, right? Like post-secondary education should be free for everybody like they do in Scandinavia. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks. But I don't see how Cornell West getting 5% of the vote and unintentionally helping to reelect Trump, that so, doesn't so get us there at let's all. Let's get into that. Let's so, get into that. So for whereas two if you have a primary contender actually able face-to-face -to, -face to pressure him, well, we have seen the way that that Crystal. can potentially work. So that's, those things are mutually exclusive. But so why is that why, an argument against Cornell West? It doesn't have to be exclusive, but... Do you think that the project of defeating Trump is worthwhile at all? Because I would turn back on you. You asked the question, like, where's the bottom of the lesser evil yeah. question? Like, where where does that end? I would turn it back on you and say, where does it become not just a lesser evil, but like, actually, this person is significantly better. And I would say that Biden, for my disappointments with him, for all of the things that I talk about plenty, including disappointments on student loan debt, including on the pandemic relief that I talked about, including on the railways, all these things, right, Ukraine. At what point, though, do you acknowledge that this person is a lot better than Donald Trump? And so when you're in this binary choice where let's not pretend like Cornell West is going to be president of the United States, it is worth making the choice in that situation to reelect Joe Biden and get the NLRB and get the antitrust stuff and get what is at hand to be gotten in this moment and live to fight another day. So for one, Crystal, somebody might say, and people did make this exact argument against Bernie Sanders. Fine, he's on the stage, but I'm not going to vote for him. I'm not going to weaken the person who's ultimately obviously going to be the president of the United States. I'm going to, why not vote for Biden in the primaries? Why? And it's, you're wrinkling your brow because it's a ridiculous argument. This, I, I completely agree. I don't see... The, the argument for Marianne and against Cornell West have nothing to do with each other. You can, you can vote for Marianne in a primary. You can be happy that she's on the debate stage, which obviously they aren't allowing, which is material to this argument, I've got to say. Some people are, you're saying, what is the Green Party going to do? The Democratic Party has demonstrated that it won't host a free and fair and open okay, primary. Wait, I get that. But how does Cornell West getting 5% of the vote and helping unintentionally to reelect Trump, so how does things. that move us towards our so goal? So two things. One, you said this in the now viral clip that just framing Cornell West as a spoiler, looking at those polls. In those polls that you referenced, Biden is losing in both of them, with or without Cornell West in the race. Now, well, Cornell West makes it worse. Cornell West makes it incremental and worse. I, I just want to clarify one thing. I'm not blaming people or saying, like, it's their fault for Trump getting reelected or whatever. But I am saying we would like it if the way the Democratic Party responded to Cornell West would be to cancel all the student loans. But we know okay. that's not reality. And so let's get so to we know that, that what ought to happen and the reality of what will happen are two very different things. Let's get to the second point. Yeah. You framed the 2016 votes for Jill Stein and the reaction of the Democratic Party subsequently as evidence that a concerted movement effort to withhold one's votes has been proven ineffective. It is obviously the case, Crystal, that there was not a concerted effort in 2016 or any kind of structural movement to withhold one's vote for Hillary Clinton in favor of Jill Stein. It was just a bunch of us angry Bernie bros, a very small number, by the way, because we all know sitting here that more 
Bernie Sanders voters in 2016 bent the knee and vote for, voted for Hillary Clinton, then Hillary Clinton voters in 2008 bent the knee and voted for Barack Obama. We all know these statistics. We've been saying them back at neoliberals for the last five, six, whatever years. That being said, there was no argument to control the media narrative and present an opportunity for actual uh, uh, leverage and change. So there wasn't like a group, uh, there was no spokesperson, there was no politician, there was no left media that was saying, here, I have a organized movement, an organized group of people who are willing to actually change their mind and vote for the Democratic nominee in exchange for various concessions. That didn't exist. And I'm, by the way, not advocating for it. I know that some of my friends like Nathan Robinson have said that Cornell West should do exactly that, say that he'd be willing to drop out in exchange for various concessions. I think that's better than nothing. Mm -hmm. I think that's more than, frankly, I, I love Marianne and I hope she's successful, but that's more than Marianne is likely to get out of this. However, I, that is not even my plan, that, my perspective. Yeah. What I am saying, though, is that knowing th that the Democratic Party is fundamentally not willing to be fair. They're willing to rig the election. They're willing to change the order of the states. Um, they are willing to uh, completely block Marianne out of the media. It feels rich to say that running within the Democratic Party is manifestly and dem demonstrably more effective in actually changing the outcomes because of, of the pop structural public policy barriers, free. than Cornell West, who at very least, you're keeping very dismissive, Kyle, about this 5% matching fund. First of all, I've said like two words when, in the past 10 minutes, okay? So I'm not being dismissive <laughs> about anything. I haven't gotten a fucking word in. <laughs> okay. What's, what is it that you're chomp, chomping at the bit It's to the say, structural Kyle. barriers against running as a third party. As rigged as it is by the DNC against uh, outsider Democrats, which it definitely is, it's even more rigged against third parties, which is why they always get like 3% of the vote. Which is literally and why. And Bernie got 43% of the vote. Which is literally why people feel it is a structural advantage to get someone like Cornell West to 5% of the votes so they can get federal matching funds. To me, as He'd a get voter 40 in- 40% as a Democrat. For me, as a voter in New York, <laughs> I'm not interested in- shoring up the Democratic Party. No, that's him getting his ideas out of shoring up Cornell West. That's I, the whole point. I am not a Democrat. I understand that. That's very clear, but I'm saying... But like a lot of people who aren't Democrats, they also feel the same way. I, I would be like, yeah, I'm, I'm not a Democrat either, but holy fuck, for the first time in my lifetime, anyways, as someone who's been following politics for a long-ass time, there is more progressives, put this in quotation marks, progressives, it, it runs a large gamut, but more progressives in positions of power within the Democratic Party than I've ever seen before in my life. Do they have enough power to change the system? Nah. No, nah, they're working within a system. Uh, absolutely they are. There's no question about that. Uh, I don't think you, on one hand, have to be kind of like a card-carrying. I am blue no matter who, no matter what happens. I will always vote one direction, one direction only kind of thing. You can understand that, like, there's many things at play, some of which you, as a leftist or as an organization of leftists, we single-handedly don't have the power yet, right, to be able to impact and or change the entire system through that means. A radical, if you will, immediate revolution that's going to happen at the hands of the ballots. I don't even think if I'm being completely transparent and I'm someone who volunteered in the ways that I could as a Canadian on the Bernie Sanders campaign I don't even think that like if Bernie Sanders had been elected that that overnight would have unlocked something like socialism or communism I think it would have been a non-stop battle where you've got one person the president who's consistently bringing things to the forefront being like hey by the way we should do this we should do that and then being obstructed along the way and obviously having a lot of the people who would support him initially just erode and, and get mad at the base and all that kind of shit but like we all need to stop taking the 
presidential election as the start and end of our politics or as the fucking final boss. For a lot of us, it sucks, but we don't even get to play in the way we want to. We have to sit back and just fucking begrudgingly vote for a Democrat sometimes or a liberal in my case. It's happened before to me. It's happening to you if you're in, the, if you're in America. But that should be one part of the fucking battle. Like, I, I'm never going to tell people, especially anyone who has to wait like fucking hours in line to vote. Like, that's just obscene. Uh, or if you happen to be a minority in America who has historically been getting nothing uh, from the Democratic Party that, hey, if you don't vote for Joe Biden, you ain't black or something like that. No, that shit is nonsense. Uh, I think vote shaming is ineffective, rude, and to be honest, it's, it comes from a, a position of privilege. But I think if you are someone with an advocacy and a voice and a platform, then you have to be honest about a lot of things. There is one party, the Republican Party, in the United States right now that has made a centerpiece of their campaign about removing the bodily autonomy of women, targeting LGBTQ plus people, and eliminating trans people from America. That's that's what they are saying now. That's that's the other side. That's the fucking alternative. And then in the other corner, we have neoliberal uh, fucking assholes who are still increasing the military industrial complex budget, but are not actively trying to eliminate the queers from the planet kind of shit, right? Um, their policies suck. You can complain about them all you want. But when it comes down to, hey, I live in a state that could go in either direction. What should I do? Should I vote for a third party? I would be like, in that case, no, you should not. Absolutely. What that what that's going to do is if there's a very thin scale and yeah, I'm sorry, your vote does matter. Uh, you could risk having that state go red. And in the weird, bizarre electoral college ass system of the United States, that can have a lot of fucking potential consequences. It's brutal. It sucks. It, it's not a fun uh, thing going like, Ugh, I hate this bastard, but I'm giving him my vote. But it's also not something that you then need to get a tattoo. Like I voted for Brandon, <laughs> you know, on your thing. Like I would spend the rest of the year if you're genuinely concerned about this and where it's going to affect your lives where where do you spend eight hours of your day every day where it's not in the voting booth every single day of your life you know monday through friday if you're lucky some people do it saturday and sunday too but where do you spend eight hours of your day where do you need more power immediately that, that's why when someone like i've seen a lot of pushback now against unions and unionization or even heaven forbid please if you can form worker co-ops if a lot of you are unemployed right now but you have a fuck ton of skills training and maybe even student debt and you have some people you worked with but you all got fucking downsized because uh you know the the guy who runs uh, facebook thinks that uh, a vr world without legs is the future uh then yeah uh, go do that go go form a worker cooperative be a fucking team of badass programmers live by your own rules start a company in which everyone shares in the wealth and profit and go make a fuck ton of money I i'm not here uh to be on the other side of uh the like yeah we need the broke left we need the all of you should be living in abject poverty if any of you ever own a car that's over five thousand dollars you're not a true leftist you're an abomination and a not a class trader in my eyes or no I, I want powerful leftists i want a lot of powerful leftists i want all of you watching right now to be in the best positions of power so you can live your best lives and that includes all the aspects of it i want you to have really good access to health care i want you to have really good access to mental health care i want you to have good access to cheap prescription drugs if you need them. I want your kids to have access to really good schools and daycares. I want you to have good maternity leave and paternity leave. I don't want you to have to pay for higher education. If you go get a fucking really, really good job, uh, I don't think you should be saddled with debt for the first fucking 10 to 20 years of your life, just paying that down. And then, woo, yeah, you should be buying a house, by the way. Remember that thing? You were supposed to have put away $200,000 for that. If you didn't remember that along the way, that's one of the rules. You didn't do it. That sucks. Enjoy living in your parents' basement for a little bit more. Hopefully the rates of sex don't go down because of all this weird shit 
shit. And then in amongst all of that, I think you'll all be more powerful as a result of having that. So go get worker power. Absolutely. Go unionize. Go do that shit. Work on that stuff on a regular basis. It's like, don't volunteer your time for Joe Biden uh, if you don't feel like it because uh, you feel like the guy's a scumbag. Fine. You know, I'd, I'd say your, your, your day's work ends at the vote, but go fucking work on forming a union with the rest of your workers. Go look up video tutorials on the safest ways to do that to protect yourself because, yes, there is a risk to you and your fellow employees who are on board with it if you suddenly all just do it at once and the, the employer decides to fire you. Look what protections are in place. Look what provisions are being made. Look who you can reach and contact to discuss this with other union leaders so that they can team up with you and give you more worker power. But for the love of God, don't push that shit away. That's where there is actual decided victories all the time for the left. There's political victories for the left as well. I mean, fucking South and Central America have shown you some incredible options between outright fascism. It's like, hey, this person is a legacy of a dictator fascist. Cool. And another option who's a socialist, you can have victories in that form as well. Absolutely. But in terms of North America, where everyone's brains are at, where everyone's spending the majority of their day every single day, like I said, eight hours Monday to Friday, that's where you should have the most power possible. That's where you should be getting the most power possible. And that's where you should be utilizing the most power possible to be able to live your best life. And then, yeah, it would be awesome on that old election day when it came along that you had a lot of free time and or disposable income to consider waiting six hours in line to vote for a Joe Brandon so a fascist like Trump doesn't come to power again. That would shore up Cornell West. And the people who also don't want to vote for Joe Biden under any circumstances are not Democrats. And fundamentally, you can make your argument. I, I think it's a perfectly legitimate argument to make to Democrats. I think that Democrats should, might think that Joe Biden is a manifestly better Democrat than other Democrats. But it's not about whether you're a Democrat or a Republican. It's about what are your political goals. And yeah, I think that 100%. we share a lot of the same political but no, goals. There's a big one but that we don't on, share. But hold on. So I still don't understand. Just lay out for me, yeah. the, like what in the ideal scenario happens and how does that constitute any sort of revolutionary change or help to further the goals that we largely share? Yeah. I think for one, getting federal matching funds for third party candidates, since I believe third parties are going to be a much better vehicle to actual man meaningful change in this country than the Democratic Party is infinitely uh, more significant a goal. But then parties haven't gotten a single electoral vote and in 50 like years. And it's round and round and round and round No, but it's circle. true because, I mean, look at Ross Perot had all the money in the world. It didn't matter. He didn't get one electoral vote. He didn't vote. get one electoral vote. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, this is why when you were talking about elections, stop focusing on the federal election for the president of the United States. Most likely it's going to be going to one of the two corporate duopolies. You've heard of them. Yes, you must have. Um, you know what you could get a lot of electoral power in, though, that no one ever does anything and that the voter turnout is really small? Local elections. Keep saying that. Local elections. It's like when you see the voter turnout in your local area for the fucking everything from the mayor to the comptroller to the fucking the school board. Holy shit. It's like 25%. 25% of the people, maybe sometimes 20%. Some cities have like 17% voter turnout. People are just like, ah, I don't know who my fucking mayor is. This some guy. He's silly, I think. I don't know. Maybe he touched someone. Either way, uh, we have a mayor. I do know that. I do know we have, in fact, a mayor. A mayor is real. I just don't know uh, he or she or perhaps they them. Uh, I, I do not know uh, who they are, if I'm being totally honest. So there you go. There, there would be something where rather than give a lot of money and be honest, be careful. A lot of these things are fucking vanity projects. A lot of them are people sometimes just being like, oh, I'm 100% I'm going to be the next president of the United States when you vote for me. And then you're like, but you're not. So uh, either way, um, 
look at local elections. Look at local elections and the power that you can wield, even not as a Democrat, but fucking as an independent. Look at Shama Sawant in Seattle's the example I keep pulling up. Um, look at the power you can wield once you get that. And that is a lot more achievable in terms of organizing, getting together, banding together with a team of people locally in your area to try and get leftist stuff enacted. That stuff is a lot more victorious than saying, hey, if we put all of our efforts in, we could possibly get a third party to say five or six percent, at which point they're going to get, you know, mil millions of dollars in, uh, in money and backing per vote uh, from the federal government. The ranked choice voting needs to come first. That, that's the important question. Do you agree that if, that if we get ranked choice voting, then yes, overnight third parties become more viable. I think that Cornell but until West, we get them, it's they're not viable. I think that Cornell West running in a in a general election where he can ha he has been doing this. He's been talking about ranked choice voting in interviews, but continuing to talk about how the onus is on the Democratic Party to prevent the spoiler effect. He is in a position now running in a general election every time he goes on TV to say, if you're upset at me at being a spoiler, you need to look at the Democratic Party who across the country for the last decades has been purposefully undermining any ballot measures that effectively put into effect uh, ranked choice voting in Maine, in North Carolina, the way they attacked Matthew Ho. I am not the enemy, they are. And that's the burden shifting, the narrative burden shifting I think the left should be engaged in right now. To the extent that you think that Cornell West can I ruin Biden's chances, isn't it Biden's responsibility to find those votes, not among disaffected third partiers who he doesn't- About the fact that like in terms of actual people wielding power, uh, concentrating and utilizing your power to complain about someone like Joe Biden who does much more to affect your everyday life than the uh what is it bad faith podcast does like i'm not saying that you shouldn't criticize i do it all the time if i can do it for a living you should criticize uh other media figures and, and their takes but in terms of the two which one is wielding more yeah absolutely of course owe him anything anyway but the tens of thousands of millions of disaffected democrats who aren't going to vote for him we've all talked about this together in wisconsin in 2016 there were 88,000 registered black voters who voted in 2012 who declined to vote in 2016 that's like two or three times the margin by which hillary clinton lost in that state alone and yet we're sitting here talking about whether or not Cornel West is going to pull some third party voters away again, from the Democratic it's, Party. It's the difference between what I would love to happen. Norway had uh, local elections today. My municipality had 89.9% voter participation. That is fucking incredible. Absolutely incredible. And the reality that we have experienced now. I mean, we've we tried it before in 2016. It did not help. What did they, we try in 2016? The third party effort. Jill Stein was not a spoiler. It is not those voters' fault who voted for you, like you guys that voted for Jill Stein. But she got blamed Donald anyway. Trump. But she got blamed. She got, and, and then the left was further marginalized and as a result of it. <laughs> so, so I just I don't see the connection. If I did, I would love to vote for Cornell West. It would feel way better to vote for Cornell West. I share his politics almost 100%. But I don't see the connection between voting for Cornell West and achieving any of the aims. And I see a much more direct connection between protecting the Biden National Labor Relations Board and allowing this little budding, exciting, amazing, potentially transformational labor movement to actually grow. Whereas if Trump gets reelected, which is, listen, it's the fact based on how the Democratic Party is going to respond to Cornell West's uh, election bid, it is more likely that Donald Trump gets elected with Cornell West in the race. And that to me is a massive loss because we know what his record is. We know what his National Labor Relations Board we was. We know who his labor secretaries were and how they were engaged in all this union busting. And I, so I see a much more direct connection 
between that moving the ball in our direction than, you know, Cornell West getting 5% and either his candidacy not really mattering at all or being used once again to, you know, smear the left and marginalize the left and say these are just the people that are interested in getting Trump elected. So to that second point, I I'm just going to be honest. Not only do I not care about arguments that the left is going to be smeared, I think it's silly because no matter what we do, the left is going to get smeared. Bernie won Nevada, and it was, oh, my God, we're going to decapitate people in Central, Central Park. Uh, you know, it is, it is, I think, deeply unrealistic to expect that there's ever going to be a left movement that genuinely challenges power in this country that's not going to be smeared. And if you are choosing your political strategy on the basis of what's going to get you a pat on the head from MSNBC, and I know this, I'm not, that's not what I'm, I'm not, I don't mean to mischaracterize you, <laughs> but that is, but I'm not, listen, I think Chelsea said, and I agree with you, left is going to be smeared, but the question is, rum ham, thank you, I appreciate it. What is actually going to move the ball I, I'm, forward? I'm confused by why and you I just don't Matt. because I don't see because policy is all that matters. Because at the end I don't of the day. see how Cornell West getting five percent and helping to reelect Trump ends up with why, things why going in a better direction. Like that, Crystal, he doesn't. He gets five percent, and then the the Green Party, a third party effort, it gets stronger and more well funded Wait, and more able to compete in future elections until we have ranked choice voting. There is no even one percent viability for them. Who do you uh, think, can you admit that? Can you who, acknowledge who that? That, think, that it's until we get ranked choice voting, no third party has any true. chance in hell. Who you agree do you with that, think right? Has been doing most of Are the ranked choice. That? Who do you think? I'm can not I gonna answer it? <laughs> it's a simple I'm question. I'm going to answer it in my own time and my own words, Kyle. Respectfully, it's a simple one. The ranked choice voting thing. If we I, get I ranked say, choice voting, I, I go around. I do a lot of podcasts, and I don't know what's going on right now. It might be the phase of the moon. We had the double moon last month. But I'm getting a little frustrated with feeling shouted down and disrespected in every single space that I go into. I gotta say, I promise I'm gonna answer your your question, Kyle. Sit tight. I got it coming for you. I'll sit tight. I, who do you think has been doing the bulk and the best funded ranked choice voting advocacy in terms of getting out on ballots and getting it passed in the United States of America? Third party voters. The Libertarian Party. Yeah. Because unlike the Green Party, I'm no like fan of the Libertarian Party, but for obvious reasons, they were enormously better funded than the Green Party. And they, as a consequence, <laughs> yeah. have been able to make much greater gains in actually getting ranked choice voting passed around the country. What I'm saying- Wait, oh, sorry, please. No, don't compare those two things. So you understand where all that money's coming from. There's a deeply corporate and capitalist interest in having libertarian policies get passed. American libertarianism, by the way. We're talking about how there shouldn't be any social safety net whatsoever and everyone should be able to afford everything that they need in life. And that will be the fucking, I guess, onus that makes people want want to do things all of a sudden it's like oh yeah i'll build a road i have the money and we have to have roads so this is how the whole system works thing is that there's a tangible material benefit to getting more money for a green party whatever third party happens to be but right now all we have is the green party for obvious reasons getting them more money to do the work across the country to advance third parties uh, ranked choice voting rather is exactly the goal that you're this is a total sidebar but i think you need like if you did have a, a legitimate third party that was like an alternative party that people especially in, in like you know uh deep blue states just want to vote as an alternative to joe biden for example um I, I would look more towards having like a party that is branded properly the green party just by its essence like it, it is a huge turnoff to anything basically uh further to the right of progressives uh the, the very concept of it and the green parties internationally by the way like the one in Canada they're bizarre it's it's a very different mix and like the one in Canada is really like big on capitalism can solve climate change we just have the right set number of carbon uh offset uh you know credits we'll, we'll solve this thing get get in uh industry involved and stuff like that so like 
that also will turn some people off. You know, they're 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 unusual for sure. Don't get me wrong, I love Cornell West. I'm not only a monstrous fan, but I actually just do genuinely enjoy his policies. I'm not speaking about him in relation to that. I'm speaking to just the Green Party as a brand. Articulating, so yes, I do see a direct connection between your goal, your stated goal of getting ranked choice voting, and voting for the Green Party. You know who's not going to fight for ranked choice voting? The Democratic Party. Here's so, my we- point. Here's my point. There, there's not even a 1% chance or a 0.1% chance of Cornell West winning unless or until we get ranked choice voting. So I have to be honest, I feel like it's self-disenfranchisement to really like put all your effort into third parties before we get ranked choice, putting the cart before the horse, in my opinion. That's my point. And on on the issue of Democrats versus Republicans, we know either the Democrat or the Republican is going to win. And clearly we have a disagreement in terms of how good of a job Joe Biden is doing. Because like I said, I expected nothing of him, Brianna. I expected, this is the guy who brought us the Iraq War and the Patriot Act and NAFTA, and he's like the poster child of the conservative Democrat and the neoliberal. But then he gets in office and he does all these things which shock me. He massively reduced the drone war by over 90%. He, like I said, pulled out of Afghanistan. The Supreme Court overturned the EPA's ability to regulate greenhouse gas emissions. And the Democrats slipped into the IRA a provision that redefines carbon as a pollutant, which then allows the EPA to start protecting the environment again. If we didn't get that, and yes, that was brought to us by Democrats, we would be beyond fucked on the issue of climate change. We still are, but we'd be even more fucked if the EPA couldn't do basic EPA stuff. We have project labor agreements for hundreds of thousands of construction workers. That came to us from Biden, $15 minimum wage for federal contractors. And a- I just want to be clear, by the way, I don't disagree with anything that Kyle is saying right now, outside of the fact that I don't think like it's it's like the Biden administration, obviously, I think everyone here understands, it's not just Biden. Biden didn't come into power and all of a sudden he was like, all right, so I'm going to do a handful of like fucked up shit, but I'm going to do some really cool shit too. So here's the cool shit. This is mine, my idea alone. And uh, hopefully this all works out employees that's from biden gun reform with red flag laws and closing the boyfriend loophole those are definitely good things katanji brown jackson on the court a george floyd executive order to create a registry of abusive cops we have the pact act which is health care for veterans exposed to toxic burn pits which every single republican voted against we, he added eight hundred thousand manufacturing jobs i didn't expect any of these things so when i talk about biden the way i do is because none of these things were on the menu and we got them so now when i look at the fact it's either going to be Trump or Biden, a standard generic Republican or standard generic Democrat, the way I feel now versus the way I felt in the past is like, oh, this is definitely way better. If you ask me in 2019 or 2020, I'd be like, I don't know, man, flip a coin, 52%, maybe a Democrat's a little bit better than a Republican. Now I'm looking at it like, it's not even close. One blows the other out of the water. And all I care about is the policy. And when we have all these uh, policies, I mean, we have a 15% corporate minimum tax rate now. That is not something we had previously. You'd have Corporations paying nothing in in taxes or they'd even get a negative tax rate, which is a subsidy effectively from the taxpayers. These things are not nothing. We have a one percent tax on stock buybacks. They're cracking down on wealthy tax cheats. Like all these things are very good. They're objectively good. So do you agree that Biden is better than what we expected on the left? Maybe you've already set your expectations on the ground and it seems like he's surpassed your expectations. He has not surpassed mine. I don't. I don't know what you want me to say. But he's about not that. better than what you thought. That's no, he's honest not question. better he's... than I, what I thought he really? was. Really? Let me. No. Do you expect me to be better than I did for sure? I, well, I expect. But, him I mean, who to... cares? Like. Well, I didn't really expect him to fulfill his campaign promises, but I'm not going to pat him on the back when he so flagrantly lied about them. No. Hey guys, if you like that video, go to breakingpoints.com. Become a premium. Well, that was the whole thing. Holy shit! That actually kind of flew by. That was interesting. Um, 
I, I, I'll be honest, for the most part, I do agree with a lot of the sentiments that uh, Kyle is bringing up, just in the sense that, like, they're, they are two distinctly different parties right now, and they are two distinctly fucking... One of them is just the scariest fuck. Uh, and, like, I, I'm now living in a time where it seems like the Conservative Party is, of Canada is adopting so many of the, the American-style culture war shit now. They've made official policies towards trans people. They've made official policies towards restricting the healthcare of trans people. They've made anti-vax policies in which you don't need mandatory vaccination for, like, schools, and maybe that'll move all the way to hospitals. Hopefully it doesn't get that far. Uh, they want to end all fucking what they call diversity hire programs in the country, blah, 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 which is like a lot of those things are in place in order to lift up uh, certain minorities that have been, let's just say, uh, historically colonized in this country. So that's also really scary. So it's like it's just really fucked up to see all the shit that plays well or to a varying degree of the United States in the culture wars get exported into Canada in five or six years. It's kind of like the pattern that happens over and over. And yeah, there, there is a distinct difference between the administration of Joe Biden and the administration of Donald Trump. There has been since I've been fucking following uh, both uh, you know sides of those politics. And if you uh, are in a purple state, I would still fucking not uh, throw away a potential holding off the fasci vote, you know? That wasn't the entire video. This one's an hour. Welcome everybody to a special edition. I'd say. Carbon free electricity by 2040. Tax rebates for the working class up to $1,300 if you make under $150,000 a year. 12 weeks paid family leave, 12 weeks paid sick leave. They banned conversion therapy. They did red flag laws for guns. They did universal background checks for guns. They did automatic voter registration. Public free college if you make under 80K. A ban on PFAs, which is the forever chemicals. $2.2 billion increase in K-12 school funding. Sectoral bargaining, bargaining for nursing home workers. These things are all not little wins. They are huge wins and oh, I is, is he talking one sec is this milwaukee agree very quickly that well obviously democrats are not 10 times better than republicans they're 100 times better than republicans and even if you are somebody who's a purist and you're on the left you can acknowledge a w in the instances you get it while still pushing for more i mean a perfect example is what's happening in minnesota right now minnesota, oh, minnesota. has a one-seat democrat majority we got universal free school meals, legal weed, carbon-free electricity by 2040, tax rebates for the working class up to $1,300 if you make under $150,000 a year, 12 weeks paid family leave, 12 weeks paid sick leave, they banned conversion therapy, they did red flag laws for guns, they did universal background checks for guns, they did automatic voter registration, public free college if you make under 80K, a ban on PFAs, which is the forever chemicals, $2.2 billion increase in K-12 school funding, sectoral bargaining. Holy shit, goddamn. Based. Bargaining for nursing home workers. These things are all not little wins. They are huge Minnesota. wins. And I still see this insistence like we're back in 2016 or something where people are like, nope, Democrats and Republicans are either equally bad or actually jujitsu move, Republicans are the lesser evil. And I think it's idiotic. It's doomerist, it's nihilist, it's people who are refusing to acknowledge reality and they'd rather narrative hump all day talking about Democrats are so bad, Democrats are so bad, Democrats are so bad, but oh yeah, I'm a leftist. Going back to the student debt point, <laughs> it is kind of telling to me, Kyle, that you so quickly you injected your own I guess, low. I guess we're not talking about that. Subjective, <laughs> personal, and low expectations into the argument to say, well, because Joe Biden did more than I subjectively believed was possible, I am going to. You're accusing me of minimizing the accomplishments. I think that you might be minimizing his failures and the extent to which that he knowingly, it seems, lied about what he was willing to do and, in fact, dramatically underachieved his campaign promises. And for you, that might be a hop, skip, and a jump. Okay, but he did more than I expect. You're setting your expectations lower than the expectations that he set for the American public in the context of his campaign. 
And I, I completely respect and appreciate that that doesn't bother you as much as it bothers me. I don't know if it's because I have experienced six-figure student debt. I don't know your life. I'm not trying to make any presumptions about it. I don't know if it's because I have I had a certain kind of life experiences or that other people who kind of share my view have these kind of life experiences. But for millions of us, 44 million in fact, that kind of bait and switch is unforgivable when you recognize, as you have both recognized, that it was in his power to sign an executive order to deliver overwhelmingly for the people that whose votes he needs right now. Can't, can't we do both? Can't, can't you be like, yeah, Biden was a huge disappointment here. Here's also the things that Biden has done well. Because I, I completely agree with the, the like the plummeting of drone strikes internationally by 90%. Like that one is a massive thing to every country that is fucking expecting regularly reigns of terror and hellfire fucking thrust upon them by the United States fucking objective. So that that one uh, alone, I'm like, that is a, a, a massive difference. And yeah, uh, also... Yeah, these other things are pretty shitty. I, I would, if I was an American with student debt, very much want him to follow through in any way, shape, or form. Not that he has it, by the way. Not that like it wasn't initiated and that it was, yes, I know it was blocked and obstructed by the Republicans. And now it's going to be going to the courts and most likely, I mean, yeah, that's not uh, that's not a winning ground for fucking civility anymore in the fucking U.S. of A. So the argument is not with me. The argument is with the millions of Americans who feel betrayed by Joe Biden and his campaign promises. If we have a contract agreement for you to fix the hole in my roof and I give you $100, and you come into my house and instead you restage my living room and it looks beautiful, that simply wasn't the agreement. And so I am fine. I'm happy to acknowledge the furniture placement is gorgeous. I love the floral arrangements, but that's not what we bargained for. And if, you're, if, you're, if your desire is to push the Democratic Party left, you have to fear. Chris Hedges says, says this all the time. It's a politics of fear. If you were more... Uh, I can see where both of them are coming from, but they're both living out and they're failing to view this from a material and extend it beyond the framework of neoliberal capitalism. The other thing like everyone should remember, by the way, is that like if you choose the path of like uh, the whole system is pointless, uh, your vote doesn't matter, nothing matters, uh, you know, basically we, we have no potential uh, gains to be made whatsoever within the political system, you hand it off to the liberals and the conservatives. That's the, those are the two people, and Republican Democrat is, is the two iterations of that in the U.S. Those are the two groups that are going to be able to play politics. Those are the two groups that are going to be able to set budgets, that are going to be able to control the military, and ultimately control the American war machine. Um, and that's going to be the pattern, right? So I, I do not think you should fucking uh, step away from it altogether, uh, because that's obviously what happens every fucking time. Afraid of electing Trump than the Democratic Party is. You are never going to be able to exert any leverage on them at all. And I understand that's a risky position. I understand Trump getting reelected is scary. I understand that there are meaningful ways in which he's hurt real people in real ways. I understand all of that. And we just have a difference of opinion about what the priorities are. You said in that viral clip, Crystal, if your priority is reelecting the Democratic Party, then X, Y, and Z. And I think that was good that you said that because you articulated what the priority is for you. No, that is not the priority for me. The policy is the priority for me, Brie. And I think you know that. And I think it's disingenuous to say otherwise. But, I, but, just, but let me just, just a quote let me from... Just, let me just say, though, is it worth... I mean, I think you probably... You care a lot about the labor movement, right? Sure. So is it worth letting that baby be smothered in the crib 
in order to what? I mean, that's the piece that I don't understand. I understand all of your critique of Joe Biden. I think it's reasonable. Okay. I actually am not as strong as Kyle in yeah, terms of I'm the intentions on more the of a Biden bro than she right? is for sure. And she gets accused of being a bigger one than me, but that's but a side point. I like, I understand your critiques of Joe Biden very well. Many of them, if not all of them, I basically share. What I don't understand is just simply a tactical question of how focusing on a third party effort helps gets us towards the goals that we share. That's the piece that to me, recent history proves it has the complete opposite effect. Whereas we do see actual progress that is possible made through the democratic primary process. And I know you accept that, like you don't, you're not a Marianne hater. I'm not putting that oh, on you whatsoever. Marianne. But I don't understand how risking the reelection of Trump and allowing a Trump union busting NLRB to quash what is the most hopeful thing happening in American politics, which is the labor movement. I don't understand how that moves us forward. Like that just doesn't compute for me. Well, for one, I'd say, and I don't mean to at all minimize the value of this latest uh, ruling, but I have been heartened by the energy and the gains made by the labor movement prior to that uh, over the last few years. Which were enabled by the Biden NLRB. I mean, there were key, keys. the workers get all the, listen, they do the work. I'm not trying to take anything away from them. But there were key decisions that were made in the Starbucks organizing drive in particular, in the Amazon labor union drive as well, that enabled those workers to do their thing. That wouldn't happen under Trump. I, it feels as though one, the question has been asked and answered several times. You don't agree with my priority. But, uh, no, no, I, but I still don't fine. understand it. And I'm, I'm, I'm may just be dense, I, but I, explain so again. I agree with Kyle that ranked choice voting is a priority. Yeah. I believe that getting the Green Party more powerful, getting them federal matching funds, enables them to join in the Libertarian Party, which has been the most successful advocate for ranked choice voting in the country to continue to okay, just just to be clear though one of the reasons the libertarian party gets as much funding as it does is that there is again a deep vested corporate and capitalist interest in having the policies of the libertarian party to some extent get enacted that 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 is a huge difference that the left will never have i'm sorry to say the left will have and does have worker power and uh, like that demonstrates itself in electoral power as well it can definitely uh grassroots organizing canvassing all that stuff does fucking work i've had my mind blown multiple times by millionaire candidates getting fucking beaten by grassroots efforts so that is a beautiful and wondrous thing to behold but also you have to understand that when it comes to the libertarian party that's going to be like the, the that's why the libertarian party can get a lot of outside funding as well there is that post five percent cap in the u.s where you start to get federally backed monies so i think it's like per vote you get a dollar or something like that uh so if you do get say two million three million votes past that point then yeah that that can be two or three million dollars that you get to have as a party but that is combined when it comes to something like the libertarian party with again a lot of outside funding as well further those efforts my vote for joe biden does nothing to advance what i think will be ross Perot's party didn't grow after he got over five percent of the vote twice the ultimate path toward left victory in the united states Honestly, my it sucks because I'm not an American, so everyone's going to be like fucking Canadian talking about this. But I really wish Cornell West was running for the mayor 
You know, I, I think that is something in which he not only could win, but it would galvanize people and we could get so many people on board on that. Or even even like a governor or a senator or, or, or you know, just, just that alone uh, would have a lot more viability than we understand this is not going to work. Obviously, third party candidate probably most likely statistically and both uh, the amount of money and funding and sourcing and, and you know, door knocking that we do. We're not going to really excel past that 5% threshold. But in some cases, again, for like local elections or smaller elections, those numbers are fucking razor thin waiting to be cracked by fucking inspirational people like Dr. West, you know? Which is getting rid of the corporate duopoly. I don't see voting for Joe Biden as advancing that core effort at all. So rank, so I, so rank choice voting is kind of like, I'm just trying to understand, is like the end all be all. That's the number one priority. And so you would actually support the Libertarian Party, the... American Constitution Party, the Forward Party, whatever, if that it advanced that goal, and that's the priority over everything else. Would I'm just I trying to understand? Would I personally support an effort yes. by any of those parties to advance ranked choice voting? Yeah, of course. No, but and, would you support those parties? Like because ranked choice well, voting why, is so important. Why would to you? I when I could vote for the Green Party that actually shares my ideals as well? Well, I'm just trying to understand where your priorities lie. Is it like you're my, basically my, a single issue voter and it's ranked choice voting? Well, it's not a single issue. It's breaking the corporate duopoly. That's it. I. This this is the this is the fundamental. I guess this is where I, I I get deeply frustrated because I I just fundamentally if you were to analyze it and like Bree is so fucking smart like you have to understand that this is not single handedly going to destroy the corporate duopoly and and to to what aim right like you you even at the most successful uh, campaign possible for a third party candidate it's not going to cross the threshold where all of a sudden it'll destroy the very fucking uh, system itself uh, uh, like to do that I think them talking about ranked choice voting that would go a lot further towards that if you could have some form of representational voting systems in which if you did get a small amount of the vote you still get the ability to enact parts of legislation or be a part of the entire process itself then yeah that that one would have more power in in, in at least chipping a little bit away from that but again it's one of those things where like will the two things uh, smash dr west would talk to you i would fucking love that love that if anyone has a, any any like that Honestly, I'm I'm going to be a bad interviewer of Dr. West in terms of like, there's a lot of politicians. So if you don't know me, by the way, I started out when I was like, you know, blowing up, uh, doing politics, interviewing a lot of local politicians because I was deeply like in my heart. Like if I can just pr platform these people, I can get more people knowing about them. Then maybe, you know, a lot more power will go towards leftist projects. And a couple of them were good people who turned out to be great. And a couple of them turned out to be fucking absolute loser weirdos. And I should have been so much harder on them when I was grilling them at the time because I just let these absolute loser weirdos fucking slip through my fingers. So after that, I started bringing people on the show and I was so much harder. I was like a lot more disagreeable and I was actually trying to get to the core, like interviewing them and being like, so uh, you say you want to abolish the FBI or the CIA. What does that mean? Oh, you know, bro, like get rid of the CIA, like just like fucking destroy that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I don't actually because you're talking about a major American institution. I just don't see that disappearing because you want it especially in the position that you're running for so could you explain perhaps a little bit more if people were to vote for you how then would you enact that policy you have as one of your key policies which is to abolish the cia um but dr west oh man that's like you're, you're talking about one of my heroes <laughs> you know like i love absolutely i could listen to that man speak for fucking endless amounts like i've, I've got that whole fucking podcast uh, collection of all the speeches legally obtained of course issue i think that for many people they are very wary of validating what they see as a two-headed snake and it's 
it, it, this comes back to your concern, Kyle, about people not willing to acknowledge these successes. I think that we all understand that there is a way that the two corporate parties play off of each other. Democrats Don't know if you got a cut. I did. Thank you. The, the I, I too enjoyed the fade. They both play these uh, culture war games back and forth with each other where at the end of the day, we're told we had to go vote for the Democrats because gay rights and trans rights and black rights and immigrant rights and all of these rights are on the line. And it, and I said this in 2020 as well. I spent Dixon. Like okay, well. arguments aren't true. The question is, how do we ever disentangle ourselves from that? Because it's I, always going to be the case that some worser thing is coming down the pike precisely because we've enabled that to be the case. And many people, and I don't feel quite this way. But yeah, okay, I've gotten the gist of this. We've been watching it for like 40 minutes. But um, I, I, I would say that like, I think it's totally fine, fair, valid, and I do it myself, so I'm not going to be a hypocrite, to criticize all the shitty things that Joe Biden does on a regular basis. I do it. Fucking fuck you, Joe Biden. Um, and then also acknowledge, because you really should acknowledge when you're achieving victories, whether it be, uh, you know, as a result of the Biden administration, like I said, the complete plummeting of drone strikes internationally is probably one of the, the, the biggest uh, personal surprises for me uh, to, to have witnessed. The first time I saw those stats, I was like, what the fuck? That's incredible. That's absolutely incredible to, to see that um uh the the point uh of uh you know minnesota for example bringing up all of those victories that uh you know uh, the, pol the political party has achieved there you can keep that separate from joe biden that's not joe biden completely fair that is a you know independent state operating independently not being incredibly fucking based but those policies should be beacons to the rest of us who are watching i, I say this as a fucking canadian that list was like god damn i got some of those things not all of those though the the fact that like we we don't have paid meals for every single child so that there's no longer child starvation that's that's phenomenal good for you like holy shit you deserve taps on the back i don't i don't know how far it took to get that but you got that and you got that by taxing the rich that's what's going to pay for that program one percent taxation on the uh, the ultra wealthy in that state is paying for every single child to eat that like that makes my heart swell that 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 is like that is a legitimate victory i don't care if you want to call it a leftist victory that holy hell is something that i would love to have here and that people should fight for and not take for granted by the way don't let that go away like once that is a thing recognize if you take it away you will increase child starvation and that's a huge fucking that's an l that's a massive l no republican no matter how they frame it is is going to be in a fucking victory by being like and by the way you know those those greedy welfare kids sure are hungry now without their meals you're like oh wow that's weird how you you kind of just became a little bit more like a vampire as you said that like your fangs grew and you, you look a little bit more ghoulish that's yeah yeah that's a bad thing you shouldn't think that or say that it's probably less starving kids is is a good thing you know less less i think we're all on board with that right less less starving kids good job do you enjoy the surfs but prefer not to have to use your eyeballs many are saying this well, we've got the solution for you. It's the Surf Times in podcast form, available on most major podcasting networks now. If you enjoy it, please consider leaving a good review and feedback because it really helps the show out, apparently, and it's free, just like the podcast. Thank you so much for watching, everybody. This show is produced by amazing people like you, and if you want to help us out, please consider donating over at patreon.com slash thesurfs. The show is made possible thanks to Amazing Fletch, Anna Loves Riley, Ariane McCarthy, Cheryl Alvarez, Doug Cady, Everything Important, Hagbard Celine, Lamedia Panza, Matthew Scarborough, Multimondi, Omni, Peanut Butter Blondie, Political Papi, Quiet 185, Rachel K, Riley and Anna, Roller Dragon, 
Ruby K, Sir Nickus, Spinach Monster, Stellar Vision, Sebastian Demel, Tech Tink, Trevbot EXE, Words Greenwood, and not to mention all of the amazing and fabulous people you now see before you.